0: Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. The show is fired up. You guys are checking me out live. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan. If you miss me live on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google, Spreaker, etc., wherever you're listening, I am there. And of course, I am on social media. Further on TikTok and YouTube, simply look for the real Drew Duncan i brought to you in part by Black 50 Global Radio. Wherever you're listening, Black 50 Global Radio is there. And of course, Black 50 Global Radio is online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Plenty to get to today. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Chiefs and Lions. Baltimore has the first ever all-black QB room in the NFL. Caleb Williams' dad says that if they don't like the situation, he'll go back to college. TCU linebacker says that they are now the laughingstock of college football. Sean Payton tells Russ he's not running for office to stop kissing babies. Man alive. Cooper Cup is officially out for the first game of the year. McDaniel says it's for personal reasons why Chandler Jones isn't practicing right now. Uh, You mean the whole thing where he Blasted everything online about him not being able to be at the facility. That personal thing? Okay, bro. Spin it how you want to. Plenty to get to. All right. Chiefs-Lions. Boy, I tell you what. I think what people thought was going to be a very interesting matchup for week number one in the NFL is quickly deteriorating until we don't know what in the absolute hell is going to happen. There are so many players that are potentially out for this game. To start for both teams, it's kind of ridiculous. It's not just about Chris Jones. It's not just about Travis Kelsey. But if we want to start there, let's go ahead and start there. Number one, yes, Travis Kelsey potentially is going to be out. Obviously, Noah Gray, Black or Blake Bell. Those are going to be his backups. I don't anticipate a lot from Blake Bell, if I'm being honest with you. I think Noah Gray is probably going to be the main guy to step in. We could see a rotating situation with the Kansas City Chiefs. But I don't think it's going to be that much. I think Andy Reid's going to go with an executive decision. I personally don't see Travis Kelsey playing this football game. I think that it's way too much to risk. Now, of course, I said that not so long ago when Patrick Mahomes was dealing with potential concussions and he ended up in the playoffs anyway. So I could be very wrong. We we don't know what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. We still have no idea whether or not Kelsey's going to be cleared. To me, even if he is cleared by team doctors, I think rather than taking the risk for the entire season and something worse happening to Kelsey, maybe even career-wise, especially if I'm Travis Kelsey, I'm going to sit this one out. I really am. You know, when I look at this game... We not only see all these different injuries. We not only see what's going on with Chris Jones because we don't know if he's going to play. In fact, here's the clip right here from Chris Jones where he was talking about it down in Kansas City on the local news station. Check this out. I don't think there's no animosity between me and the Chiefs organization. I think there's just a, a you know, a little disagreement. You know, um, I'm asking for a raise. They feel like. This is what I deserve. I feel like I deserve more and um, just a misunderstanding. So there's that. He just wants a raise. Look, the numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the entire story either. If you go by Chris Jones by the numbers, especially as an interior lineman, 44 tackles really wasn't all that impressive. What was impressive was 15 and a half sacks which we've seen the emergence of Aaron Donald and a host of others in the NFL, really develop their sack game as interior linemen in the NFL. And I think a lot of that should be credited to the Seahawks 2013, 14, 15, etc., where they were just bull rushing everybody. The popularization of bull rushing from the Seattle Seahawks gave defensive tackles more than just you're there to, to plug holes and stop the run. We could potentially even go further back and throw Gilbert Brown when he was with the Green Bay Packers into that mix. But it's a safe bet to say that the the Seattle Seahawks defense, they had a huge impact on that situation. Here's the thing about missing Chris Jones, and this is why it's so crucial. Do you know that the average age for the Kansas City Chiefs defense, is 24 and a half years old. Chris Jones is one of the few guys with the most experience. He's been in the league, what, seven years, and he's going to be 30 this year. There's only two, I think, maybe three players on the Chiefs defense that are pushing the age of 30. As of right now, they're actually 30 years old going into this football game. They are a very young defense. And it's all going to be about offense in this game, I think. Because both of these teams defensively are not looking really good, right? I mean, for the Lions, you've got Emmanuel Mosley. He's hurt at cornerback. So the rookie, and when I say rookie Stephen Gilmore, I mean not even a photo next, above, anywhere near his name exists rookie. That's who's going to be starting in place of him. So naturally, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to test him. Because if I remember correctly, he's an undrafted free agent. So if he wants to prove to me that he's Chris Harris Jr., he's going to have to show me. That's exactly how I would look at it if I were the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to have to show me. I'm going right at him. I'm not hesitating at all. Interior line play is going to be a huge thing in this game. Look. I'll be honest with you, to me, because of all the inexperience on defense, because of all the injuries for both of these teams defensively, I see this game basically going one of two ways. Either both coaches put together an immaculate game plan, and because it's week one, we see a lot of mistakes, wouldn't be anything uncommon. And as a result, we see a very low scoring defensive battle or option B because of all the youth, because of the constant offenses, both deciding to attack, hurry up offense. We're not going to give anybody time to breathe. Once we see a defense in there that we like, we're not going to switch out. Because remember, if the offense doesn't switch out, then the defense can't either. That's the rule during the hurry up situation. So if they do that and they stay on top of them, I don't think it would be far, far, far fetched. To say both teams could easily score 35 in this football game. If I'm Kansas City, I'm attacking those corners early and often. Conversely, if I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm actually trying to slow the pace of this game down a little bit. I'm hitting them hard on the inside. You know, I don't know how healthy Wharton's going to be. I don't know how healthy Naughty is gonna be. I mean, Noddy obviously a couple of big plays last season. He had that huge sack uh in the playoffs when they when the Chiefs went home against the Jags, right? He had that play. I think it was week five. He had a pretty big play against the, the uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Fumble recovery on Brady. So it's not that anybody on this defense is incapable, it's just that the experience is probably gonna shy through because it's going to be the inexperience of this Chiefs defense. And that's what's going to leave them susceptible, not only for this game, but for the entire season. It could be very easy to pick this defensive part. Now, they've survived through having bad defenses before. But if anybody's going to be talking about the season where KC may slip up, this could be it right here. Very, very inexperienced on the defensive side of the football. And I think that Chris Jones knows that. And it could be that he's forcing his hand with the experience that he has. He's saying, look, if you guys want the cream of the crop, you better pay me. He finished third in sacks for all defensive linemen behind Bosa, who just got a huge payday, guys. Bosa was number one. I think he had 18 and a half, if I remember correctly. What do you want to do? If you're Kansas City, logically, what are you going to do? All right, everybody, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. The show is called Fired Up. Wherever you're listening to podcasts, simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Plenty more to get to. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Ravens and their all-black QB room. We're going to be talking about Kayla Williams, potentially saying, uh uh-uh, not going to be in the NFL next year, depending on the situation. TCU, are they the laughingstock of college football right now? Peyton is right on top of Russ Wilson right now. With everything that is going on with the Denver Broncos, Cooper Cup is officially out for the week one matchup. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. Everybody, I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Do not forget that I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you miss the show live, simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, wherever you're listening. I am there. Still plenty more to get to. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Caleb Williams. Already a huge topic of discussion because it leads into the conspiracy theory that Arizona's taken for Caleb, right? We're going to be talking about TCU comments from their own players saying that they are the laughingstock of college football. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos, the expectation I think has been set. A line has been drawn in the sand, obviously. Cooper Cup is officially listed as out. And McDaniels says that it's for personal reasons that Chandler Jones is currently not with, Practicing with the team. You don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I suppose I wouldn't want to either, my man. (laughs) If I'm just keeping it really real with you. All right. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens have the first ever all-black QB room in the history of the NFL. Listen up, because I'm only going to say this one time, fellow white people, and one time only. And this is for all white people. I don't care if you are Italian, Polish, Scottish, German, Irish, anything-ish, European, Britain, Australian. I don't care. I don't care what part of Africa your heritage is from. I do not care. Listen up, listen good, and listen close. It is a big deal because... And I hope everybody's paying attention here. It is a big deal because black people in 2023 are still experiencing first. First in NASA. First all black QB room. First a lot of things. They are still experiencing first despite Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in the 60s. Despite the revolution in the 70s. Despite all of that. They are still experiencing first-time things. Don't worry. It's going to be okay, white people. Because I got even more news for you. A good majority of black people do not care if the quarterback is white or black. They are just like most everybody else. Can they play or not? Can they ball or not? Pretty simple. Especially faithful football fans. And even more so, when we dive into what the Baltimore Ravens are doing, it's actually really damn smart. And I don't mean by having an all-black QB room. I mean by having athletes and quarterbacks that have a similar style of football. Now, Huntley's not nearly as athletic as Lamar Jackson. Josh Johnson, uh, he's, he's pretty athletic. Probably more athletic than than Huntley. But the fact of the matter is, I've never understood, like, let's say, for instance, you've got Lamar Jackson as your starter. And let's say Colt McCoy is your backup. Well, how in the hell does that make sense? Because you couldn't talk about two more contrasting styles of football. So really, when you look at it from a football perspective, what the Baltimore Ravens have done is said, look, we're going to go out. We're going to get guys that we can plug and play if anything happens to Lamar. The offense, in terms of the overall goal, the overall scheme, what we're trying to accomplish and how we're trying to accomplish it, are pretty much all going to be the same. Now, obviously, there's going to be differences. Who the hell is as fast as Lamar on that football team to begin with? Not just quarterbacks. The cadence, the snap, the timing of those things rhythmically, those things are going to be a little bit different. In terms of the style of offense that they run, you can pretty much leave it the same way. That's the thing. You can pretty much leave it the same way. You don't have to alter it. I mean, think about it. If you've got Colt McCoy back there versus Huntley or Johnson or somebody like that, you would have to completely alter what you do. Because Colt McCoy is much more of an under, under center type quarterback. Roll out pass type quarterback. He's athletic. Don't get me wrong. But you're not going to run those option plays with Colt McCoy the same way that you would with Lamar Huntley or anybody else. He did a little bit of that when he was at Texas, but not a lot. Okay, let's not forget that when Colt McCoy was around in Texas, the pistol was still very up and coming, which, by the way, anybody who knows me knows I'm a Syracuse fan. We invented that. Shout out the Q's. How do you like that? Throwing that in there. That's where we're at with that. I don't want to hear anybody complaining. What if it was an all-white QB room? Would they be saying the same thing? Would it be news? Wouldn't it be a little racist to be talking about all-white QB rooms? Don't you think it'd be just a little racist, bro? I mean, come on, dude. What if? I'll tell you what if. How many white QB rooms have been in, in the history of the NFL? I'll wait. A good majority of them. That's how many. What do you think QB rooms looked like in the 80s? I mean, come on, man. We've had this topic of discussion how many times? A lot of black quarterbacks in college football, right? Especially because of the option. gallop, run for me. Another form of the whip, right? And then you get to the NFL and they're told, well, they just don't have the mental capacity for the game. They don't understand the scheme. Okay. Talk to Doug Williams about that. My beloved Broncos saw that man run roughshod. All over my team. The reality. And the thing was. Is Doug Williams was. Pretty much a traditional. Dropback passer. Same thing with Warren Moon. You see the issue is. Is there's a stigma. That because somebody's a black athlete. That means they're automatically more athletic. Than the next guy. Warren Moon. Was really not all that athletic. He was a traditional. Dropback passing quarterback. John Elway had better wheels than Warren Moon. Seriously. The bottom line is, can he play or not? Don't worry about it being an all-black QB room or not, okay? Worry about whether or not on your team they can get you to where you want to go. That's what that amounts to. It had to be said, and I am unapologetically saying it the way that I am saying it. It's kind of racist to say it's not like racism in the traditional way, but it's racist to say, well, wouldn't it be racist to bring up an all-white QB room? There's been tons of them. Tons of them. There's only been one all-black QB room in the history of the NFL. You're looking at it with the Baltimore Ravens. One. You may be saying, well, dude, who gives a damn? Well, black people do because they are still experiencing first as i pointed out initially that's why shouldn't be but they are that's why so if you take issue with it come for me all right i don't give a damn i could take the heat i stay in the kitchen and i stay strapped man i'm sitting in all black right now all black metal Nobody's on it yet. But if it pops off. It's really not that hard. I got the I got the whole thing set up, man. It's the it's the quick pull pull and fold. I'm stone cold Steve Austin coming to save the rock. That's what I am. You know what I'm talking about? This right here. you damn right. You Damn right. That's what it is. Shout out the Ravens. If they feel that those are the best guys for the job, then those are the best guys for the job. That's all there is to it. And like I said, from a football perspective, understand that it's good to plug and play similar athletes. I mean, geez, if Colt McCoy is your starter, then use somebody that's kind of like a Colt McCoy for your backup. That way, you don't have to worry about changing too many things up. That's all I'm saying. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you are listening to the podcast. So we tell you the advice to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. On iTunes, iHeart, Google, wherever you're listening I am there, plenty more to get to Obviously we're still going to be talking about Caleb Williams Comments from his dad about the NFL draft And of course TCU Are they the laughing stock of college football right now? Sean Payton is on top of Russell Wilson and much more We'll be back right after this Don't you dare touch that dial I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply take your advice to play fired up by Drew Duncan if you missed the show live. Still plenty to get to today. We're going to be talking about TCU. Their own players are saying that they are the laughing stock of college football. Peyton Manning, or pardon me, Sean Peyton. All over Russell Wilson right now. Cooper Cup officially listed out for opening week with the L.A. Rams. Who's going to step up in his place? McDaniels says that the reason why Chandler Jones isn't practicing with the team is personal reasons, bro. (laughs) He was like, nah, I don't want to answer any questions about that, man. I'm not going to talk to you guys about it. Okay. (laughs) Sure, Brody. Whatever you want to do, my man. In the meantime, Caleb Williams. Well, his pop says that if it's not the right situation, they are not going to go to the team that drafts him in the NFL. And he will certainly go back to college. Well, he can go back to college. He can finish his degree. But that doesn't mean one iota that he's going to be able to play because he's not. College football and basketball, once you enter into the draft, For the NFL or the NBA, you can return back to whatever university you are from, but you are not allowed to return back and play. In fact, in college basketball, once you declare, that's it. So the reality of it is he can go back and finish his degree, and from there, it's risk-reward, is it not? Look, again, I I maintain that athletes should – and will always be able to, me, be able to control their own destiny, manage their own careers the way that they see fit. It's not a first. We saw it with Eli Manning. We saw it with John Elway. And I, it's, I, And I've gone over this a million times with people on the Internet. It's amazing to me. First of all, I knew this before the 30 for 30 came out. But the 30 for 30 of Elway to Marino is out there. And yet, for some strange reason, people still misconstrue what happened with John Elway. So I'm going to be very clear in what I'm about to say right now. And that is simply this, people. John Elway did not want to go to the then Baltimore Colts because he felt the ownership had no idea what they were doing. He didn't like the coaching staff and he felt that they were being lied to. There were rumors circulating that the Colts were getting ready to move to Indianapolis. The owner told John Elway that they weren't going to go. Him and his pop felt that they were lying. So he said, if you guys draft me, I want you to know that I am not going to play there. Pretty simple. For three months, John Elway and his camp said, we're not going to do it, man. Three months, that's 90 days of knowing we're wasting our time if we do this. But they did it anyways. And so under, under, and I want to, under, okay, are you with me? He was advised under his agent, look, man, what you need to do is just say that you don't want to play there because you don't like the cold, blah, 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 just kind of, you know, be funny, keep it light, no big deal, everything will be fine. They drafted him anyways. John Elway had to step up to a podium and say, look, we told you for three months we're not going to play for you. Why did you draft me? I'll just go play baseball instead. And by the way, he probably would have been a hell of a pitcher with the Yankees. Legitimately. And I think anybody who watched sports back then knows Elway could have done it. Probably would have been the greatest pitcher of all time. Maybe even better than the Big Hurt. Right? Randy Johnson. What I am saying... Is that Terry Bradshaw decided to come out and go, well, John Elway's managing his career and he should go play baseball and blah, blah, blah. And it's disrespectful. and you know, Man, to hell with that. Terry Bradshaw ended up being wrong. He said he never won titles with a guy like Elway. Well, buddy, he went to more Super Bowls than you. Let's be clear about that. And while he didn't win as many, I think a good majority of us know that Bradshaw just happened to be in the right place at the right time. That's pretty simple. By the way, Elway retired Super Bowl MVP playing against the coach who, God rest Dan Reeves, said that he would never win a Super Bowl with. Elway snuffed them out. Now, I understand that Coach Reeves at that time was battling cancer, but he wasn't coaching for the ma- majority of the season and decided to come back and coach the Super Bowl. Okay? So I want to be clear about these things. God rest him, but these are the facts. You understand? The real reality of it is if Caleb Williams doesn't want to go and play for any team, because obviously there's been rumors out there for tanking, right, with the Arizona Cardinals going out and getting Joshua Dobbs, a dude who's gone literally two full seasons without even so much as throwing a pass in the NFL. That guy, the guy who's thrown for 466 yards in his career, 411 of them or when when he was with the Tennessee Titans, there's rumors that they're tanking. Has anybody seen Jonathan Gannon? That dude is a dork. Seriously. Asking NFL ballplayers, hey, did anybody come here on the bus? No, bro, they didn't. They're making NFL money. A minimum league stipend is 750 k They have a vehicle, dude. Be you serious right now? Of course it looks like they're tanking. Might want to be rethinking what they're doing because obviously, just in case, Kayla Williams' dad just put out the memo. Yo, if we don't like where we're going, we're not going. But again, risk, reward. A full season of not playing could hurt Caleb Williams, or it could not. We don't know. I mean, let's be honest with it. If he goes and gets drafted by Arizona and Arizona says, fine, we'll cut a deal and work out a trade, Arizona, are they going to lose or gain more than what they got initially to begin with? Because it's still going to be first round pick, round one pick, which is still going to be expected to be able to pay round one first pick money. That's what that's going to amount to. Who's going to be willing to give up whatever they need to to get him? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, they just made a trade for Lance, right? Deck Prescott's probably on edge, so maybe we could be looking at Dallas come season in. Maybe. It could be the case. We don't know for sure. Maybe the Cleveland Browns, right? They might need somebody. But then again, I don't even think that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback right now in college football. Now, That's a personal opinion. I think Florida State's got a hell of a quarterback. I think we all just saw Shador Sanders put up over 500. Now, Shador's probably not going to go to the NFL this year, if I remember correctly, he wouldn't be eligible. But I'm just saying that I think that they're potentially better quarterbacks than Caleb Williams. So think about it. Caleb Williams decides to hold off. Shador Sanders continues to rock college football this year and the next. What happens to his draft stock if Shador ends up winning a Heisman, maybe a national championship? Then what happens? And you sit out for a whole year. This is a tough decision. Now, here's the thing. At their age, I've never agreed with parents stepping in, but they can. It's always been a thing in college football, right? We saw it with Colt McCoy. His dad stepped in and said, He's not playing. He's not going to blow his ride to the NFL, right? BCS championship game against Alabama. He said, no, he's not going back in. Parents can still override. That's the main thing, right? Even with the NIL deals, parents can override. We've seen it before in the NFL, right? Julius Thomas, his dad has spoken out. We saw it before with Jalen Hurts. His pop spoke out while he was still in college with Alabama. The situation between him and Tua. Said that if he left, he would be the biggest free agent in all of college football history. Let's not forget that. It's not an uncommon situation, is what I'm saying. I don't know if I agree with it, but it is what it is. You're putting it out there for a reason. What's that reason? Well, uh, maybe he doesn't want to be the number one pick. Maybe he just wants to go to a football team where he can be successful, and there's nothing wrong with that. So there you have that risk reward. All right, everybody, I am Drew Duncan. This show is called Fired Up. I am live. In case you missed me live, you can always find me wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your advice to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, wherever you're listening, I am there. Still plenty more to get to today. Sean Payton is all over Russell Wilson. The media is eating it up. So are the fans. TCU, one of their own guys, says that they're their team not just the defense the team has become the laughingstock of college football we've got cooper cup and his injury to discuss we've got mcdaniels and jones we'll be back right after this don't you dare touch that dial I am Drew Duncan. The show is called Fired Up, and I am live. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you're listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iHeart, iTunes, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, etc., wherever you're listening. I am there. Plenty more to get to today. Obviously, we're still going to be talking about Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos, Cooper Cup is officially out for week number one. McDaniels and Chandler Jones continue their, I guess you could almost call it online beef at this point, right? Then, of course, Joey Bosa. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that just because we know that everybody else is going to be doing 20, 30 minutes on that thing at a time. I mean, come on, man. I've seen obvious things like Joey Bosa's being signed makes the 49ers a Super Bowl contender. Really? I didn't know that. Thanks. Good look on the information, bro. You really dove deep into that one, didn't you? I would have never known that adding Joey Bosa to the defense makes them a contender. (laughs) Oh, man. Tell me more. TCU, are they the laughingstock of college football right now? Their own linebacker, Johnny Hodges, came out and and literally said the words, we're the laughingstock of college football. They were embarrassed over the performance. And essentially what he said was, look, our defensive coach put the game plan in. We didn't execute. We knew what they were going to do. We couldn't get it done. Well, you couldn't get it done because you got outplayed. Let's get that out of the way first and foremost. But going back to last year, uh, including the playoffs, they dropped 45 to Michigan. They dropped 65 to Georgia and now 45 to Colorado. But then again, it is a Big 12 defense. By the way, one and two in their last three games dating back to a season ago. So let's get that out of the way. Now, again, I'm not somebody that likes to go off of last season. I am of the opinion that everything happens for this season. So let's get this season out of the way. Okay? Let's just go ahead and do that. This season, they've already given up 45 points, 500 yards passing, 93 on the ground. Last season, I think they they gave away an average of 158 yards a game running the football alone. In fact, I think last season they gave up 29 points per game. So just to kind of quick touch right back to there on that, they're not doing much better. But I think that for the most part, a good majority of us have given the Colorado Buffaloes their due credit. They came in. They were 20 point dogs. They snuffed them out. They did what they had to do. They were so well balanced in their attack. They utilized everybody on the field to really enhance their game in every possible way. You had Shador Sanders back there playing calm, calm football. I mean, that kid's, he just puts it on a button. That's all there is to it. His accuracy is insane. It's NFL-ready accuracy. At least in that game it was. It can't be overstated. If only for one game Shador Sanders played his absolute best, you can look to that TCU game. And if I'm everybody that is getting ready to play the Colorado Buffaloes, my first and foremost task is how in the absolute hell am I going to stop this kid? Because he wasn't looking to run first. He was looking to throw first. Eyes constantly down the field, patient, letting his receivers get open. The offensive line doing a phenomenal job of pass protection. They didn't really need to run the football very much at all. They really didn't need to. In fact, they were pretty much able to just sit back there in that pocket and do what was necessary. And any time the play did break down, Shador was just as athletic as the old man once he got into the open field. I mean, that's pretty much all there is to that. Defensively, Colorado wasn't really that great. Let's keep it real. They they forced some turnovers in that game. Absolutely. Right? You had two interceptions. That I remember correct, you know, right at the top of my head, kind of bend but don't break a couple of times in that football game. I mean, essentially, it was a shootout. That's what it really amounted to. And in a shootout, you turn the football over even once, especially down in the red zone, you're pretty much saying we can't get enough points to win this football game. I don't know if TC used the laughing stock, but I'll tell you this, I. <laughs> The Big 12, they might as well be. I've been trying to say this forever. I don't know when the hell people are going to start recognizing what in the absolute hell I'm talking about. How did Texas Tech fair? Go watch. Baylor, Texas State beat them. Are you kidding me? A 20-point dog to TCU beat them. You got to understand where I'm coming from with this. TCU's the only team in the Big 12 to even win a college football playoff game. OU's 0 and 4, and they've had three blowouts. TCU added a fourth blowout to that when that game was over after the first quarter. was It wasn't over at halftime. Quarter number one, that game was done. You want to talk about being completely dominated in every facet of a game. We I witnessed the all-time beatdown. You are trying to tell me that the Big 12 should automatically get a place in the college football playoff after you see a goose egg like that? Get serious. Yeah, no, I'm not going for that. I don't think TCU is a laughingstock of college football. You may feel that way, and if you have that chip on your shoulder then Johnny Hodges, I'll tell you this. Find a way to flip it around. Get after your team. Get in their ass. Show them what it's really all about. Figure out a way to get it done. Make it happen and turn it around. If you're going to be the leader of that ball club, then be the leader of that ball club. It's pretty damn simple. You can't let them dictate to you. Nobody was ready for Colorado. There's a little bit of tape out there right now, but even then, I think Dion's got something up his sleeve. But the point of what I'm saying is, you are the only ones out there who could turn it around. Now, I can appreciate him taking responsibility, but it's not a TCU problem. It is a big 12 problem. I don't know why, in the hell in the Midwest and the South, all anybody wants to do is throw the football 50 times a game. I'll never understand it. I'll never get it. It's whatever. When I grew up, it wasn't like that. I don't know when the change happened, but when I grew up, it was all about running that option. Nebraska was still dominant. People said they couldn't beat Florida. The fun and gun was too much. They said that they were going to be outman against Manning and, and the volunteers. How did those games turn out? Tommy Frazier. Does anybody remember the announcer? How many tackles can one man break? What was the score at the end of the first quarter Nebraska and Tennessee. For the title game. Wasn't it like 21 nothing or something like that? Come on. And didn't Peyton Manning have Marcus Nash on that football team? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the point of what I'm saying is it's a Big 12 problem. It's a preseason problem. It's a lot of problems. It's a TCU problem as well. But it's also credit to Colorado. That's legitimately what that amounts to. Figure it out, my man. All right. Everybody, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for the real Drew Duncan. I am wherever you're listening to podcasts. The show is called Fired Up. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Deezer, Speaker, etc. Wherever you're listening, I am there. I am brought to you in part by... Block 50 Global Radio. Still plenty to get to in today's show. We've got Denver Broncos to discuss. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. Is this thing going to work or what? Cooper Cup, he is officially out for the opening game with the L.A. Rams. Josh McDaniels does not want to talk about the situation with Chandler Jones. In fact, he's calling it a personal thing. And yes, we'll talk about it, but we're not going to spend too much time on Joey Bosa. And his record setting deal that he got financially set probably for the rest of his life. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. And as always, don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Block 50 Global Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Block 50 Global Radio. And, of course, they are wherever you are listening to podcasts. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan. TikTok and YouTube is the real Drew Duncan. And I also am wherever you're listening to podcasts. Plenty more to get to. We're going to be back right after this quick commercial break. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. The show is called Fired Up, and I am live. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts, cemetery device to play Drew Duncan Fired Up on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer. Wherever you are listening, I am there. Still plenty more to get to today. We're going to be talking about Cooper Cup, officially listed out, McDaniels, and Chandler Jones. The beef continues, my man. And, of course, we're going to talk a little bit, and I do mean a little bit, about Joey Bosa. I mean, like I said, it's going to be all over the place, all right? If you haven't got your opinion out by by now on that thing, well, I, I, maybe you're living in a closet. I don't know what you're doing, my man. Whatever it is, you're not checking out football. I mean, geez, pretty sure some common fans know about that. All right, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. You know, I I think we all felt coming into this season that Russell, in a very similar situation to Dak Prescott, uh, he's probably riding on thin ice, right? Supposedly, it's been going all over the place. The quote, it's been everywhere, right? I'm sure you've seen it. Stop kissing babies. You're not running for president. Okay, and of course, I'm paraphrasing there. I'm on the radio. Uh, Here's the real reality of the situation. I know that everybody wants a finger to point when everything is going wrong. There's not a single individual out there that will be able to tell me different when I say the words out loud to you that this is not all on Russell Wilson. And by the way, for the record, 11 out of 18 for the backup quarterback in the preseason finale, listen, I know that the most popular player on any football team that is struggling is the backup quarterback. Not going to happen not going to happen and work out anyway, and I'll tell you why. Because there's not a single quarterback in the NFL that could be behind that Denver Broncos offensive line, my man. It can't happen. They couldn't block a D2 football team. They may not be able to block some high school football teams that are out there. I'm just keeping it really 100 with you right now. I don't know how they would match up this season, but I know how they matched up a season ago. There were literally... And I do mean literally, my man, plays where Russell's in shotgun, the ball gets snapped. And before the ball even got to him, there were defenders on top of him. How in the absolute hell do you expect anybody to quarterback a football team like that? And what do all you Seattle fans say? Oh, we said the same thing. He holds the ball for too long. He's just back there. You know, we we didn't blame him forever. But, man, more sacks than anybody in the NFL. When it happened to Joe Burrow, whose fault was it? Was it the offensive line or was it Joe Burrow's fault? When it happened to Ryan Tannehill, was it Ryan Tannehill's fault? Or was it the offensive line's fault? You have to go everything by a case-by-case basis. And I'm sorry, Russell Wilson has not had good offensive lines to play for. And before anybody talks about how well you-know-who did last year with his – and look, we all love the quote, right? They wrote me off, but I ain't right back. Oh, Gino. I get it. Let's not forget they drafted, what was it, two offensive linemen, went out in free agency and got a third to improve that line. And by the way, they still really weren't that good last season. I kept telling everybody they were were overrated. They really weren't that good. With Russell, they would have been a lot better with with that new line. And I know you Seattle fans are gloating and gleaming and happy and smiling and thinking this is all funny as hell. But I got news for you. There's nothing funny about the beating that that dude is taking. Now, I will say this because I am not a Russell Wilson jock rider. I never have been, and I never will be. You understand? I think he's probably a Hall of Famer, but it took a long time for me to get on the side of Russell Wilson. And I mean, it only happened legitimately a couple years before he went to Denver. And I I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So I want to be very clear with what I am about to say right now. The fact of the matter is simply this. I get where people are coming from when they want Russell to play with some emotion because I have been of the opinion that he needs to play with some emotion a long time ago. I know that people want to blame the whole thing with Sierra and make fun of it with future and, you know, future on that record, got my baby mommy and my side ish kiss. And I, I get all that. Okay. And I'm like, comment last year it still makes me laugh after one of the games this dude said man i'm bumping future all week it's just like like (laughs) come on man like chill bro (laughs) i get it okay but how do we know that's what's really going on look i understand that the 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 rap that he's getting right now is being kind of a corny dude Right. He he goes over to Denver and all of a sudden it's, you know, he's dropping his voice real low and it's all let's ride, baby. Let's ride. You know, it's kind of like, bro, where where did this come from? Like, just be you. I think if it was just him, nobody would care. But I, I just don't feel like. He knows exactly who he wants to be, he walks around a little bit confused, and that confusion it carries over to the football field. You know, those guys wanting to play with some fire. I don't think anybody's got a problem with Russell Wilson doing charity things for children the way that he's done his entire career. Nobody's going to say that that's bad. okay? but when it's always on camera and it's always a thing, just kind of like with Tim Tebow. I love Tebow. I was one of his biggest fans when when he went to Denver and I saw what he could do right. That season that they were one in three when he took over the football team, one point five percent chance of making a playoffs that year. They were trading away some of their better players, you know, especially wide receivers. I I felt like Tebow didn't get a fair shot. It is what it is, but he just, everything he did that was good had to be seen on the media. And after a while, people get annoyed with it. Look, I respect Russell Wilson's faith. I respect Tim Tebow's faith. I really do. You wouldn't know it by listening to me now, but there was a time when I was studying to be something very different In my life, I could have gone a completely different direction. I screwed up. That's on me. I don't live the way that I should in terms of the way that that faith says that I should. You understand? I know it very well. I, I can quote a lot of it off the top of my head. I'll never deny it, denounce it. That'll never happen. All right. I'm just saying that. I don't have a problem with how they believe. But I think that we need to all remember, well, I'm like I'm not going to judge anybody for how they present themselves in terms of that faith. I will say this. What happens is when you mix that faith with what's going on on the football field, it makes you an easy target. Is that fair? Is it justified? I personally don't think so. But then again, I guess maybe who am I to say? The reality is Russell Wilson has got to start remembering why he's in Denver. And that is to be the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. That's what he's there for. His faith is going to follow him wherever he goes. If he's real about it, it's never not going to be with him. If that makes sense. And that faith will get him through a lot of really hard times and good times, right? Because then that what uh, Tebow and, oh, what's his name? Off the top of my head, can't even right now. Vomiting too much information. Play with the Rams. Kurt Warner, there we go. You know, that's what they were talking about. I can handle the good things and the bad things, right? That's what Kurt Warner's position was. And I just think that, Russell needs to start finding more balance in what he's doing. I don't have a problem with him kissing babies and doing all that stuff. If he wants to you know, help out little children, there's not a single one of us that are going to go against him for it. But at some point, it's like, bro, are you doing this because it's the right thing to do? Or are you doing this because you're clout chasing? That's where it gets difficult sometimes because let's be honest a lot of people do it i mean don't we bash regular youtubers and tiktokers from walking up to homeless people and giving them food and all kinds of stuff trying to get a reaction out of them for views and clicks and stuff ain't cool i've slept in my car i've slept in shelters i don't like that stuff to begin with at all really Anyway, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I hope it turns around for Denver this year as a diehard Broncos fan. We'll see what happens. We got plenty more to get to. I'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. The show is fired up, and we are live. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and Patreon. Simply look for the real Drew Duncan, and I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you miss the show live, simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google Spreaker, Deezer, wherever you're listening. I am there. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Shout out my A1PW. What's happening with you, man? How you living today, baby? I can't call it. You got it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Already. All right. Still plenty to get to. We've got Cooper Cup. He's out for the first game of the year. We've got that to discuss a little bit later on. We're going to be talking about Joey Bosa. And again, I do mean very minimal on Joey Bosa. What's not to be said about the. I don't. In fact, I think he was the NFL sack leader, period, last year. I think there was Miles Garrett. And then right? Wasn't it wasn't it that way? Oh no. I have to double check, but i I know for a fact that that Joey Bosa led all defensive linemen last year with eighteen and a half. Then it was Miles Garrett. And then after that it was Chris Jones. So there you go. Not much of a gap either. It was like eighteen and a half and then sixteen for Miles and then fifteen and a half for Chris Jones. Man. Kansas City's got to do something. That's all I'm saying, Pimpin. All right, McDaniels. Woo. <laughs> Check this out. So Josh McDaniels was asked about Chandler Jones, and he just said, look, right now he's not practicing because of personal reasons. Really? Really? He went on to say that he's not going to talk about it, doing the best that he can to be on his New England Patriots. And he said if there's any news that needs to be discussed, they'll bring it up for us. Well, I feel like Chandler Jones is probably going to be the guy to take care of that in case you have missed this thing. Chandler Jones went right to social media, took a screenshot of a picture that he sent. To Josh McDaniels, right? Because it was a text. He sent him a text and said, dude, why can't I use a facility? I'm a top player in the NFL. He talked about how many sacks he had. He was like, Josh, you need to make this right. Which apparently that hasn't been done yet. If Chandler Jones still isn't with the team, am I right? And then I mean, and he was like they trying to, you know, make an N word mad and all this other stuff. Boy, I tell you what, the Raiders, my man, they're they're having problems, aren't they? I mean, they get rid of their interim coach who got him to have, what was it, 12 wins that season. Said, nope, we don't want that. We want to bring over Josh McDaniels uh, because he did so great in Denver. I mean, obviously, that would have been my first choice. I'd have been like, hey, uh, who's that guy in Denver that the, that failed? Who's that? Josh McDaniels. Yeah, he's, he's still the offensive coordinator in New England, right? They They sent him right back there because he couldn't. Coach anybody other than Brady? Yeah, let's let's bring that guy in. What you mean the the guy who got us at twelve and four? No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. There was racial tension in our locker room. Yes. Did we look really bad? Also, yes. But hey, don't worry about it. It's all under control. Apparently not. I mean, he can't. <laughs> It can't get any worse right now for the Raiders. Jimmy G's your quarterback. Well, that's a nice little cap hit for no reason, isn't it? And before anybody goes, well, Jimmy G's been to the Super Bowl, and Jimmy G's been to an NFC Championship game, so has Brad Johnson, but Brad Johnson actually won his Super Bowl. Okay? So has Trent Dilfer, but Trent Dilfer actually won his Super Bowl. All right? And neither one of those guys are anywhere near goat discussions as a matter of fact i would say they're about as far away as you can get donovan McNabb played in one super bowl didn't win it and he's closer to the hall of fame than either one of those two guys especially your boy jimmy g right now he couldn't be look look this is the game that i love to play when it comes to quarterbacks are you ready let's play the quarterback game let's just start in the afc west Jimmy G or Patrick Mahomes? Okay. Jimmy G or Justin Herbert? All right. Jimmy G or Russell Wilson? That might be a little bit more difficult after last season. Maybe you take Russ, but Jimmy G's been hurt, right? So you got to kind of start weighing that out. Now let's move on over. Baltimore Ravens. Jimmy G or Lamar Jackson? Let's think about that one. Probably Lamar, right? Jimmy G, or let's move over to the NFC. Jimmy G and Dak Prescott. Jimmy G or Daniel Jones. It's getting a little tougher. Do you see my point, though? Like, you start going down the quarterback list in the NFL, and you realize you probably wouldn't take Jimmy G for the most part on any of your teams. And honestly, when we think about it, Jimmy G or Derek Carr? Because if Derek Carr was still there, Jimmy G would not be. Now, you could talk about why they got rid of Carr all you want to. But let's start thinking about the type of quarterback that they are. When you think about it, it's a very similar comparison. At the end of the day, who would you legitimately take? The point is, is I don't think Jimmy G is even a top 15 quarterback in the NFL right now. Certainly not top 10. Damn sure nowhere near top five. I mean, come on, Jimmy G or Aaron Rodgers. Think about that. Think about the age of Aaron Rodgers right now. Who would you take him or Jimmy G? Seriously, because there's a lot of hype with the Jets. What about Jimmy G and Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Okay, you're picking up what I'm putting down. The Raiders have problems. They have problems because they have a head coach that, according to Chandler Jones, he doesn't want to play for. So maybe he's not the only one that feels that way, and he's just kind of speaking on behalf of some of the other guys in that locker room. Could be. You know, look, it's not that I like the approach from Chandler Jones. This usually never works out for ball players, if I'm being honest with you. But sometimes, you know, you snap for a reason. Is Chandler Jones past his prime? I mean, was he really a factor in Arizona? Was he a factor a season ago? Start looking at that sack list that I talked about earlier. Where is he at on it, right? He's an all-time great for sure. I'm a diehard Syracuse fan, as I pointed out a hundred times over, and I love Chandler Jones. I really do. But when all is said and done, what is he to any football team right now? and that's kind of the thing right you, he's acting out like this and it's like what does he really worth to the raiders but the raiders just have too many problems i think to even begin to count i, I don't think davis knows up from down right now if i'm being honest with you uh we've all seen the, the the pictures money i you know whatever dude uh how how he pulled that will be forever beyond me let's just put it that way uh I don't know that the Raiders win six games this season. I, I just don't see it. I mean, has McDaniels even made the playoffs? Bueller, anyone? He didn't do anything at Denver. He damn sure hasn't done anything with the Raiders. When all is said and done, I mean, the best thing they got going for him right now is the fact that Brady's over there. But you know what's Brady's real role over there with the Raiders? You think he's going to tolerate mediocrity? The man literally just retired. Not at the height, but let's be honest, he still made himself an even bigger name in Tampa Bay. Do you think he's going to tolerate this nonsense? I mean, if I'm Chandler Jones, that's the guy I'm going to. I'm going to TB12, man. Why? (laughs) Because that dude automatically has pull. That's why. I guarantee you Brady has real pull. All right. And I'm talking about absolute pull over there. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So I, I just think that the situation is a mess. McDaniels can spin it any way he wants to, but I don't even think his boy Brady's going to be able to bail him out if they start off the season one and three, one and four. Wouldn't be surprised if next man up as in a head coach. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Still got plenty to get to. We're going to be talking about Cooper Cup. He's out for the first week. Obviously, we got Joey Bosa and his monster contract to discuss. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Fired Up. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. And I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google Deezer, etc. Wherever you are listening, I am there. Still plenty to get to. Obviously, we're going to be talking a little bit about Joey Bosa and his contract. It's been a hell of a show today. I will say that. Uh, In the meantime, Cooper Cup, he's officially out week number one with the Rams, a football team that coming off of their Super Bowl season and that miraculous comeback, I mean, really just a hell of a comeback uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals in that Super Bowl Boy, last year, just Matt Stafford looking like Matt Stafford, didn't he? Right. You had had Cam Akers and that injury and everything. It's been kind of an up and down thing since then for the Rams. How do they get back on track, especially with Cooper Cup not being in there? I mean, we just talked about it yesterday on the program about top five wide receivers in the NFL. All the players, all the coaches, they were the ones who voted in on this thing. And they had Cooper Cup in there. So you're missing your main guy in L.A. What are you going to do? Well, look, I'll be honest with you. I think the run game is really going to have to step up. Number one, you're going to have to take pressure off of Stafford. You know, I know that everybody wants to make fun of him for, you know, having a hard time relating to some of the younger players. But good grief. I, I get it. I'm 39. Sometimes I still have a really difficult time relating to America's youth. It's just the way that it is. The music is the same but different. You know, the way that they view the world is the same but different. You know, the lingo is the same but different. I mean, there's just a lot of things, man. I think that you just, you know, Cam Akers, you you use him to take a lot of pressure off. Because, you know, obviously, you know, you've got Van Jefferson and Atwell and, you know, Nakua and all those guys, you know, they're not going to look as good with Cooper Cup being out because there's not going to be as many easy one-on-one situations now. And I think that really goes without saying, but I think if Cam Akers is able to stay healthy, they get him in some good screen plays, some good draw plays, you know, you start doing some rollouts, you know, McVay's proven that, He's a pretty good coach, right? I'm not willing to put him in, like, top five or top ten right now coaches in the NFL, but he's damn good. And to be honest with you, like, let's say if Denver would have gone out and got him instead of Sean Payton, I would have loved that hire probably just as much, maybe even a little bit more than Sean Payton. McVay's a good coach. What's going to boil down to is – Does Aaron Donaldson get back on track? You know, does the offense figure out a way to get some symmetry without Cooper Cup? He is a huge piece to miss. And when I discussed it yesterday and I talked about, you know, the top five wide receivers, they had Jefferson in there. uh, They had Chase in there. You know, they didn't have Mike Evans, which blew me away. One of the things that I alluded to was, look, if you were to take any one of these guys off of their football team, How much worse would they get without them? Or if you lined them up side by side, who would be the primary guy? And I took out Jefferson and left in Cup because I felt like Cup would still be the guy just about everywhere he went. You could line him up next to any top wide receiver in the NFL, and he'd probably still be the guy. He is a huge miss. And I don't know that the Rams can afford a confidence hit right out of the gate week one and take an L. They're going to have to figure out a way to really figure out who they are offensively without Cooper Cup. And that is not easy to do. You're not going to be able to do it overnight. They've got a little bit of time to game plan, obviously. But, man, I tell you what, that's going to be a tough one. Now, obviously, as the, you know, Friday gets here we're going to be looking at some more NFL games uh, for tomorrow so I don't want to dive in too deep into week number one for the LA Rams but man I got to tell you new Cooper Cup if they can't get a really really good game plan in and they execute perfectly I don't know that they win without him they already have a difficult time with him in there winning football games That team is very hit and miss. They have one really good year and then one really bad year. Without him in there, it is going to be really hard to beat anybody, let alone when he's in there. McVay is still learning, still learning, right? He's brought his team to the promised land a couple of times. Very good for a young coach, but he's still learning things. Believe me when I tell you, and he'd probably tell you that too, Situational football is something that continues to evolve and change. But I just really think that the focus needs to be Akers and the other running backs. I think that you need to split some time with them. I mean, I'm running old school pro sets if I'm the Rams. I'm going two back sets back there, and I'm trying to figure out ways to utilize my guys in ways that these defenses have not seen yet. I'm throwing the old school run game at them, some sweeps, some Some old school pitch out plays, some quick pitches, some fake handoffs to the left, quick pitch to the right, you know, a fake handoff up the middle, pitch out. I'm doing some stuff like that. I'm working it in there. Some pro set off tackles, you know, to where it looks like you're lining up to the strong side with that tight end on the right hand side. But then on the left, you still got a running back that's over there kind of eating up a little bit of space. Figure out any way you can to create matchup problems using the running backs to try and open up that passing game. That's about the best you can hope for. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell you the advice to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan, iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, etc. wherever you're listening. I am there. We still got Joey Bosa to talk about, that mega deal that he just got. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Don't you dare touch that dial. Hello everybody, I am Drew Duncan. The show's fired up and I am live. You guys are checking me out on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Deezer, Speaker, etc. Wherever you're listening, I am there in case you miss the show live. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Show recap coming up next. And real quick, obviously, I got to touch on it. Joey Bosa. Whew. Boy, talk about that paper, man. Record deal for Joey Bosa, probably set up for the rest of his life. <laughs> the f- yeah, and here's the thing, I'm smiling and kind of laughing, but it's really not funny. We, honestly, we don't even know if Bosa is going to be in the first game. You know, I, I maintain that the defense overall is pretty good. Bosa obviously anchors it 18 and a half sacks a season ago. Uh, but, you know, he's had a tendency to be hurt. It's always 50-50, right? I maintain that as good as that defense is, Christian McCaffrey is the overall anchor of the 49ers offense and really the 49ers. I mean, we saw it his first full week of practice there and what was it, 183 yards total offense, three touchdowns, one receiving, one catching, one receiving. I mean, they're paying him what he's worth. That's for damn sure. I've always said that an athlete's worth is not just what they do on the field, but what they can do for you off of the field. And Bosa is a name. He's a jersey seller. He's going to make you some money and he's going to win you some football games. I think it's pretty obvious it goes without saying. With him, it's really a matter of staying healthy. I think even without him, that defense is pretty good, but I don't know that they're spectacular. They're good. They're damn good, but I don't know if they're spectacular. With him, they are spectacular. And I think we all know that. I think we all know that Joey Bosa is the big dog on that defense. And in the day and age of being pass-happy for a lot of football teams in the NFL, uh, you know, a guy like Geno Smith that you're going to have to run contain on him, athletic quarterbacks in the NFL are more and more prevalent and relevant in the NFL. Joey Bosa levels the playing field for you. I'm not saying anything that people don't really know, but obviously I got to touch on it. And there's my two cents. I think he's worth every penny because he is a game changer. He's a game breaker when he's on the field. He's that damn good. That's all there is to it. All right, quick show recap: Chiefs Lions. I think it's gonna, it's probably gonna end up being a shootout. Like I said, there is the possibility that it's gonna be a low scoring game. But again, the Kansas City Chiefs' average age on that defense is twenty four and a half. Then conversely, on the other side, I mean, you got a backup cornerback that's an undrafted rookie free agent. You you probably go right after him too, right? If you're the Kansas City Chiefs. It's probably going to be an air raid type football game. I think we're going to see a lot of mistakes along the way. Probably some interceptions just from some overall potential sloppy play, uh, especially with Kansas City. If you know Travis Kelsey's not in there, Noah Gray, Blake Bell, you know those guys are going to have to step up. You know, for Jared Goff, though, even then, I, I still, if I'm Detroit, I really want to run the football and slow the game down. I don't want Kansas City to jump out in front of me and start making big plays and start running rough shot all over me because I don't know that I have a defense that can keep up. Simultaneously, if I'm the Lions, that young defense, I want to beat them up physically so I can wear them down mentally. They haven't played football long enough for them to be able to withstand that kind of stuff yet. Not in the NFL. You you break them down, we're going to find out how tough you really are. You, you want to go back to a Super Bowl this year? You're going to have to show me. In the meantime, I'm going to beat you up on the ground. That's how I'm approaching this game if I'm the Detroit Lions. Baltimore, the all-black QB room. Again, black people still experiencing first in 2023. I think everybody needs to let that part of it sink in. Moreover, from a football perspective, fighting guys that you can do similar things with offensively makes sense. It is all about getting the best option possible. But it's also about finding somebody that fits in as a backup, which is the best available option out there. Did they find it? We'll find out. But understand that black people are still experiencing first in 2023. Okay? Just think about that uh boy i tell you what johnny Hodges, the tcu linebacker says they're the laughing stock of college football might could be it could be at the expense of colorado could be at the expense of georgia could be at the expense of michigan i mean 45 45 and 65 certainly doesn't look good let's go out there and execute cooper out officially again i'm doing different things on running back sets if i'm the la rams I'm mixing it up. I'm coming out old school. I'm doing pro sets, and I'm doing some things off tee, trying to really confuse the defense any way that I can because I don't have a lot of options. Without Cooper Cup, my receivers are not one-on-one anymore. Sean Payton and Russ, again, I respect Russ for what he does with kids. I respect Russ for his faith. I really do. But when you're on that football field, you, you have an assignment. Okay, You have to work for a living. You have been given that gift, which makes you that money, which has been given to you. Use it appropriately. All right, guys. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Wherever you are listening, Block 50 Global Radio is there. They are also on social media, Block 50 Global Radio, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube. Simply look for the real Drew Duncan. TikTok is the real Drew Duncan. Of course, I'm wherever you're listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play fired up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, etc. If you miss the show live, wherever you listen to podcasts, I am there. Obviously tomorrow we'll be talking Chiefs and Lions result. Stay safe, take care of yourselves, and don't you dare touch that dial.